waterboarding, a.k.a. torture. Well, it's not torture. But you support waterboarding. I do. Absolutely. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, industrial Light and Magic. <laughs> I uh, watched this Disney Puss documentary on Industrial Light and Magic, like the whole history of the company. And uh, first four episodes, it's all about you know puppets and models and Star Wars. And then the next two or the last two episodes are about, uh, you know, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and James Cameron pioneering CGI and all the things they did with that. And they show all these clips and cuts from the abyss and from Titanic and from Terminator two, but they somehow didn't show any of the star Wars prequels for some reason. (laughs) And nothing happened before or after those movies (laughs) went right from that to the Disney sequels. It was just like, wow, we can do anything. We, we won, we saved the city. And it's like, wait, what what did you do? George Lucas? What did you do later? (laughs) You know what you did. There's one clip where he mentions the prequels, but they don't show a single clip of those movies. (laughs) You would think that would be a big deal considering. Cause they fucking look like shit. And I like, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. they always do. They always do. It, but it's I mean, just it's incredible that. how, you know, like they they knew not to do things they couldn't make look real with Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. Which is know? why, yeah, they look a thousand times better than a yeah. movie like Revenge of the Sith, which came out like 10 years later well, and looks like shit. And they, they showed a side-by-side comparison because they had a guy who was doing stop-motion stuff for Jurassic Park, and they showed a side-by-side of what the stop-motion looked like versus the CGI, and it's comical. It's comical how bad the stop-motion was. It looks like the fucking stop-motion uh, you know, shit from the 60s with you know Jason and the Argonauts fighting the skeletons and shit, which was great yeah. back then, but like now it looks like shit, right? So right. when when the, the guy who uh, you know saw what the CGI looked like, he was like, well guess i'm out of a job forever now <laughs> it's like sorry uh, guy yeah f- fucking 1920s or whatever <laughs> yeah. technology but yeah i mean and and you know but it, and it's crazy how good the fucking the liquid metal the, the t-1000 looks in that movie but but uh, they supplanted it with a lot of like practically built shit so that, i mean that's really you know oh yeah yeah i, well, I think there's... your brain like just never roots something in reality subconsciously when you never see what you can identify as an actual physical thing like that. Like that's why the T-Rex works so well because you, because they built the fucking real T-Rex when well I, you, know, right. you know what I mean? Like a full size T-Rex to use for that scene in the, with the cars in the rain. Right. So then when you see them later chasing the Jeep and it's, it's CGI, you, you really don't, your brain doesn't even register because a it's dark, but B you just saw the fucking thing with rain beating off it in a way that they could never replicate with CGI. So you're beating like, off. <laughs> you know I mean? But like, I, I really think there's something subconscious that your brain does where you, when you see it physically, you know, realized it, it helps enhance the rest of the CGI and it doesn't even, yeah. you know. Well, that was but. the first movie that I noticed as a kid. Cause that came out when I was, 
I think 12 was when that came out. That was the first time that I noticed uh, how not having music in a scary scene made it 10 times fucking scarier. (laughs) Because that entire sequence with the kids in the Jeep and the dinosaurs crushing and all that, there's no No fucking music. There's like almost 15 minutes of no score. And you're just like... (laughs) Well, and it's just the incredible incredible thing with that is that because there's no score, that scene where it's where you hear like the long pause and they're waiting and they're like, they think he's got, he, he left and then he just fucking smashes through the roof and it's terrifying and loud. And there's, you know, right. glass shattering and fucking and the T-Rex. It, it's, oh, it's so good. One of the best scenes in cinema. Yeah. History, as far as I'm it's concerned. a shame Spielberg but, never made another masterpiece like that again, but uh, no, no, well. he'd rather, <laughs> rather remake the shining in a fucking video game franchise, <laughs> you know, remake cash in fucking what was movie. That? remade west side story like who was asking oh, for that god. like what good fucking god uh, atrocious yeah. uh we'll always yeah. yeah we'll always have close encounters but uh i've actually i was watching recently i was telling you the uh sandman series on netflix which i highly recommend to anybody that likes anything neil gaiman um it's very it's a really good adaptation. Uh, you know, it's, it's faithful as much as it can be to a comic that was written in the eighties. That was like, you know, set in the eighties. So it's right. You know, they, they had updated it to some extent and like John Constantine, they kind of gender swapped, which is interesting. Cause like, it's a pretty notable character, but other than that, it's very, uh, well done and like really well cast and shit. But, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm goth enough to watch it, but <laughs> well, you, he like Sandman was one of the original fucking goth icons. That was before the Crow. That was before any of those. Like he was one of the first pop culture, you know. It, like, and that was also one of the first adult comics. Like, you know, this the fucking eighty yeah. whatever six or seven that that came out on Vertigo was like the first comic line that was really <laughs> devoted to like the same. You know, the same comic line. I think they gave us Watchmen, V for Vendetta, all those sort of adult basically novels in in comic form uh which you know it, it it's very much like you know dying for an adaptation for years and I'm, I'm glad they're actually doing a good one uh as opposed to you know just like the american gods tv series you know started promising but fucking took a nosedive off a cliff so it, it, it's yeah, very it's he's like... very hard to adapt his his shit you know yeah yeah. Um, well, I, I was never. I've never really read much of his stuff, but I, you know, when I was a teenager, I was aware of who the really good graphic novel writers were, like Alan Moore and Gaiman, and uh, you know, Frank just, Miller. Like, I never, right. Yeah, like I, I knew of them. It was just kind of like I was. I was too much into fucking X Men because it was the you know <laughs> it was the mid nineties and right. early nineties. Chris right? Claremont, fucking yeah. unbelievable X Men run, and yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I got really into it right when uh, Jim Lee was like, like the biggest artist in the world and then left to go start Image Comics. Right. And like literally everybody was just trying to copy his style of, of drawing. But that was kind of like when it just became all about like flash you, and not good story writing anymore. Right. He just drew beautiful horse shit, like the worst fucking characters and story you've ever imagined. But he did. Right. You know. Right. And it was I mean, drawings. You, you look at like, so, you know, it was like the women's breasts just like literally falling out of their fucking costume. <laughs> right. And it's right. like there's no way you could fucking or, or, you know, like they're 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 like battling in the Arctic wearing fucking bikinis. And it's like, what the fuck? It was your superpower just not getting hypothermia. Like, I know you're trying to sell fucking comic books to t- fucking horny teenage boys but like come on right no, <laughs> like, it was, this is it was, ridiculous it was, it was goofy it was real goofy but uh 
but yeah, and yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting, especially if you like. He's a very unique Neil Gaiman. It's a very unique writer. So like, I, you know, it, it's very British, but it's not like it, it's it's not like childish. Like a lot of British shit that can that's like fantasy fantasy leaning can be you know oh yeah very childish or whim- yeah. whimsical corny. But he he always maintains that really like sharp wry wit and like adult you know nature on like a undertone. And I mean, it's for, you know, there's, there's like lots of fucks and et cetera. And then, you know, did people getting their fucking fingers chopped off and stuff like that. But his oh, whimsical, whimsical British <laughs> sense of humor on top of that, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's a good combo. So anyway, yeah. Check that out. If anyone oh. hasn't seen it. <sighs> yeah, I will. Uh, and Brian of Tarth my, my plays, uh, Brian of Tarth plays Lucifer. So that's, that, that was a good, <laughs> oh, that's good, cool. bit, yeah. a good bit of casting. I, I think that would be uh, appropriate. Um, go from a character who's pure good to pure evil well well lucifer in 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 dc vertigo is kind of like a neutral ish and and like anything outside of like you know scripture is 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 always kind of like a malevolent sort of you know somewhat misunderstood character i think it's always an interesting always like lucifer well not even good guy but like you know just like yeah you know that's like the, the the type of guy girl you know whatever went who's like yeah well that's fucking god's side but you know he, he's an asshole like he's right. a stuck up ass like are that you kind of... uh familiar with that that meme the good guy lucifer meme no no it's that uh it's it's just it's like this meme of like lucifer and he's but he's like an angel right mm-hmm. and it just like lists all the all the different memes are like listing things that in the bible that the devil did that were actually really good <laughs> but are presented <laughs> as bad like right. oh yeah what an asshole he t- told adam and eve the truth and gave them fucking knowledge right so <laughs> like what a jerk <laughs> right no i that's kind of i think yeah for sure, that's that's always a fun interpretation. Yeah. But uh, doesn't doesn't tell you how to live your life, accepts you for you know what you, what you want to do. <laughs> what an uh, asshole! You know, encourages you to have fun and sin. You know, like yeah, what a what <laughs> right. a fucking this guy sounds awesome. Sounds like a right. fucking rad uncle. <laughs> right, what a scumbag. Um, well, speaking of actual fucking Satan, uh, we sh- <laughs> we had some we had a, st- a couple stories about people who would fall under that uh, category today. But obviously, one of the more enjoyable uh, moments of the last week was Liz Cheney just absolutely getting demolished in her uh, in her Republican primary <laughs> against. I don't even know some fucking crank, but uh, oh she, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody even worse. But, someone even yeah. worse, but you <laughs> know what? Fuck it. it. It's again, it's not. She voted with Trump 93 percent of the time, so it's not like we're, we're going right. to get somebody who's going to be substantially worse in terms of their voting record, but. She ended up losing, I believe, 28, 66 to twenty eight. was as of as of press time was the uh, was the. I'm just trying to pull up the actual re- exact results here. Uh, but as of press time, that was the the margin of her defeat. Uh, yeah, Harriet Hagerman uh, or H- Hagman, whatever, uh, was who beat her, and uh, yeah, sixty six to twenty eight. So just for reference, in in this primary. The on the Democratic side, uh, total vote turnout seven thousand two hundred and thirty three in this in this district, right? Uh, on the Republican side, one hundred and seventy thousand four hundred and nine voters turned out to, <laughs> that's, to make that's, sure. Yeah, that's actually more than the entire population of Wyoming. I, um, it almost seems like it might be. Honestly, that's pretty it, fucking high. What's and to give you an idea how about how few people live there. The House district that she just lost is the entire state of Wyoming. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it literally <laughs> is. Like, you can look at the meds. The whole it place. only has one house district. <laughs> right. Because people, because there's like 20 people scattered ac- across this fucking giant, you know, insanely desolate state. But, um, yeah, yeah. so she, she got fucking absolutely annihilated. And the, the worst slash funniest thing is, is the way that liberals just completely rip the fucking mask off and are, you know, so upset that their, their new best friend, Liz Cheney, daughter of a fucking maniac, bloodthirsty war criminal and you know bloodthirsty war criminal herself is you know no longer in office because she stood on her principles and stood up to donald trump which i mean literally is only because donald trump talks shit about her father that she even would fucking bother like it's not like she literally voted with him 93 percent of the time you know they shared most of the same values and as much as trump you know has any whatsoever um it's preposterous to hold her up as this fucking resistance hero but we know that people that fucking you know are like that are just not fundamentally serious people so you literally can just go on tv once and you know scold donald trump and you're forever going to be given a pass in in most democratic circles these days and you know again it's like she'll she'll get a job on msnbc sitting next to claire mccaskill because that's what you get when you fuck up is you get promoted to liberal talk tv um and yeah i mean did you sure you saw the clip of her uh getting interviewed on 60 minutes recently where uh i don't remember who was interviewing her but it says she says to her like "Uh, so you support waterboarding she's like yes but that's torture she's like well actually it's not torture (laughs) it's just (laughs) like but it's waterboarding she's like yes just like yeah i mean like again what what fundamentally are you opposed to Donald Trump for if you think that kind of person represents you? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they are fundamentally just not serious people. They don't actually care about anything other than, you know, who they like and who they don't like because politics is fucking high school to these people because they've mentally never left high school, despite the fact that they, you know, go on to these high priced, you know, universities for their, for their degrees. They mentally have never left high school. They still, just view everything through the through that lens and you know typically they're comfortable so they don't have to worry about actual policy they can worry about the fact that donald trump is is a personality they don't like he's the bad guy and liz cheney has her good guy you know face turn and and then she gets to be the good guy yeah never mind that she's well, fucking satan incarnate it, it's just you know and or you know it's just like they get paid you know 10 bucks to write an article for the hill uh, like this guy here uh bj rudell or ruddle however you say it wrote an article today on the hill could we soon see a president cheney <laughs> and this guy has 1400 twitter followers that's that's less than i have and somehow he's writing opinion pieces for the hill really uh <laughs> describes himself as a father of three husband of one <laughs> <laughs> so and this is this is like written at a third grade level i'll just read just a little bit here he starts out referring to himself in the first paragraph he says very first paragraph i've written several op-eds about u.s representative liz cheney this past year because she's one of the most fascinating public figures of this young decade at the nexus of a fracturing nation just, ima- just imagine like getting getting like a c plus on every fucking re- like essay you had to write in middle school and just being like yes nailed it <laughs> so 
He writes here, she's a blue blood conservative with impeccable pro-Donald Trump GOP credentials. I'm sorry, pre-Donald Trump GOP credentials. She's also a rising political hero of an amorphous center. <laughs> rising political hero? She just fucking lost her primary. What are you talking about? <laughs> <sighs> Composed of true ideological independence as well as disaffected Republicans and Democrats. And she's a frenemy of the left. What? Who, who the fuck is the left that you think she's a frenemy of? Like, I, again, as well as a disaffected, I read the part, she's a frenemy of the left, an urgently needed weapon to wield against an unyielding and increasingly nihilistic MAGA, albeit with a belief system wholly opposed to progressives. <laughs> so, <laughs> love that you can just admit that. That, that little fucking, you know, little hiccup in, in. Yeah. So he continues, Cheney has acknowledged thinking about running for president, which is what future presidential candidates often say is they're preparing to run for president. Like, really? That, yeah. was, that was a sentence you had to write? Thank you for <laughs> clarifying that. We weren't really sure what, what that yeah. means when somebody says they're thinking of running for president. I think, yeah. you know. She's creating a leadership pack, which is something politicians often do when seeking to build bridges about a f- ahead of a future campaign. Again, thank you. So what, what amazing <laughs> insight from from BJ, whatever this, the fuck this, his name is. Yeah, this guy has three children, and a, and I'm presuming a husband of somebody's married to this fucking idiot. Somebody decided they wanted to only fuck him for the rest of their lives miraculously. Yeah. <laughs> if she does run for president in 2024, she must assess whether to do so as a Republican mm-hmm. or as an independent. It's uh, a weighty uh. decision. Each path brings opportunities and obstacles. Capitalizing on the right opportunities could lead her to the Oval Office, but a misstep could cast her into Deeper political oblivion, making a future successful run all but impossible. We're playing with hypotheticals, of course, but these are the types of scenarios Cheney and her team assuredly are analyzing before making a life-changing political landscape-altering decision. Cheney is no longer trying to make a point. She's trying to capitalize on her almost unparalleled and potentially... ephemeral relevance (laughs) she just uh, lost by fucking two to one in her own home fucking state (laughs) what what political like what the they just they just get fucking paid to write like 80 just just they don't care there's no editors anymore it's just put out whatever fucking you feel like like literally this guy had a blog somewhere and the hill was looking for content and they were like hey just fucking aggregate your blog onto our website and we'll pay you 10 bucks to fucking write a thing each day right that's all this that's liz all they fucking rising do now. star article go that's literally yeah. all they give them you know like, oh liz, liz chain just lost so uh hey you write a thing about it doesn't matter what it says just fucking put it up there we just need to have content 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 so <laughs> yeah the last sentence here few have been in her shoes just as she's done many times before, she'll have to chart her own course and hope it's the right one. Like this, probably, probably isn't even a real guy. This is probably just one of those fucking articles written by an AI. Just honestly, a, a pretty advanced AI, just you know, figuring out how to write. Just, just say sort of words. assimilate a human speech pattern, you know, over, <laughs> right. the, over the course of like five. And we've covered, the, we've shown this before. Like literally, like it'll be the exact same article, and they'll just change the names and the, the fucking adjectives. Even and New York just, Times <laughs> does that on their website now. It, it, it's some fucking algorithm gaming where they literally will just change the. Oh, there's, the there's ads for it. There's ads for these things you can buy now. Where it's like, oh, hey, if you just you just buy an AI that'll write your your you know, you know, come up with a template, feed it to the AI, and it'll it'll just do auto replies to different people about different things based on what they're emailing you, and you save all this time. And it's like, 
oh, great. So just not even, not even a fucking idiot behind this. It's just a fucking <laughs> right. robot. Oh, my God. It's just unreal. And, and, and the funniest thing about this article is, you know, like what's going to happen is that they're going to be there's going to be major fucking discussion and consi- real consideration given to dropping Kamala, which, you know, was going to happen anyway. If Joe runs again and running with uh, running with with, with her as like the fucking unity ticket, that's going to be the fucking <laughs> that's going to be the discussion that's going to be had come, you know, primary oh, season. People, the, the actual people who get paid six figures to be on television will absolutely talk about that. Well, people right. are talking about this. Like, no, no, you're the only one because you're fucking paid to. Or or it'll be fucking, you know, if, if Joe doesn't run again and there's the, the smorgasbord of fucking Democratic candidates again, she'll be one of them. And it or and or it'll be like a, well, hey, you know, we could have a real fun ticket of like uh, Pete Buttigieg and Liz Cheney as his VP. That'll be that'll be oh a nice God. unifying ticket for America. The fucking two spooks running together like it, it just unfucking re- like th- this country is just so British who wasn't even in intelligence he drove a car around the green zone and <laughs> no, he kept he, track he, of how many times he did it which, right like, even the pentagon didn't t- keep track of shit like that right and not he, for he, lack and of he, trying right but. and he he referred to those as missions and it's like no you just you drove a ca- fucking car inside of a fence what are you talking about <laughs> fucking lunatic come on man that road was not paved at all that was very very treacherous territory <laughs> it was very poor very poor infrastructure you know how many had flat it, tires he had to change he had to change a fucking tire twice <laughs> oh man so i just saw a thing today about how um speaking of afghanistan uh this this week is the uh, one year anniversary of uh the day that afghanistan won the war in afghanistan (laughs) (laughs) and i saw a thing today how uh the taliban is now flying uh like all the all the fucking vehicles and aircraft they that we left there uh they fixed them up tuned them up and they're now flying them over kabul (laughs) (laughs) they're actually operational and flight worthy now and the fucking article i read was like from reuters and of course made like the fucking you know you know, thinly veiled racist remark of like, well, officials aren't sure uh, where they found the expertise to do so. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Really, we've only had a aircraft for what 130 years, and where, where do these cave well, dwellers right. figure They're out how to fly? Monosyllabic, you know, monosyllabic apes that have fucking primitive tools, so we right. don't understand they, they couldn't, how they... they couldn't have figured out how to fly a helicopter. It's too right. sophisticated for the little pea brains, you know, <laughs> right. and their crans to figure out. Right. Yeah, I, I just like, just to fucking like just couldn't couldn't have a not shitty racist thing thrown in there you know about american superiority and you know oh we 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 supposed to we were supposed to sabotage all those machines so they couldn't take them over and they must have you know done some dirty tricks to get that thing flying again like 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 they don't have fucking colleges and engineers right and also the idea that you know again it's just people without a ton of resources due to you know a variety of circumstances namely the u.s you know bombing your country into oblivion uh, are actually a lot more resource- resourceful than most fucking, you know, comfortable uh, white Americans. Like, you, I couldn't fix a fucking car to save my life. I think you drop a car in the middle of fucking, you know, Kabul or in the middle of fucking, you know, middle of war-torn Syria, and you're like, hey, get this thing running so you can, like, save your life, like, make it to the border. They'll have right. that fucking thing running in, like, you know, I mean, you, you know, remember, you remember how two hours. Like the, the last two weeks of the war, like we were basically holed up at the fucking airport. Like you know that planes fly in and out of there all the time. Like right, a- right. aviation is not a thing that is you know exclusive to the Western world. 
fucking Reuters. Only technology and nice things only exist in places that are primarily white people. I don't I don't know if you knew this, but this is actually and and we're talking about we're talking about like we left fucking aircraft there. Like it's not exactly just like oh it's an old junk car and you know fucking (laughs) like it's it's designed to last for a long fucking time and all the all the parts on it are not like it's not just like oh, we can't get the engine to start. Like, no, you got to figure out some way to get it to fucking work. It's not, you know, it's 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 an aircraft. It's a really expensive fucking thing. It's not that well, easy like to they tr- break. <laughs> right, and they, I, I think that was like the thing is like they tried on the way out, you know, intentionally d- destroy and or sabotage a bunch of their equipment so that it wouldn't be used against them or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, unless you blow but, it up, somebody there knows right. how to fix it. <laughs> but like, right. there's only so much you could do when you're fleeing the fucking country, you know, to, to disable something like you can rip out a fucking key part. But then again, you know, somebody's going right. to go, and somebody's going to go, Oh, this is the fucking hey, carburetors missing over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> take, take the one out of that one and put it in this. Right. Thing exactly. And- this one has one and this one does not but this one doesn't have one of the, okay. So let's hear, let's Frankenstein yeah. out of this. I, mean, I, I just watched season four, stranger things. Like how hard could it be to fix a helicopter? Right. <laughs> right. That fucking <laughs> guy did it. I mean, it's, I mean, it took like two episodes, but I mean, they've had a year, right? So, I mean, right. And he was delaying. He could have fixed that thing in fucking, you know, 40 minutes if he wanted to, but he was I just know. trying to I was, stall. I was excited to see that fucking helicopter fly, but then I realized that was the only one shot we we're going to get of it. And we we're not going to actually show them flying in that helicopter. I was bummed about that. I was, but, I was very much hoping for like a barely made it to the border, like, you know, crash landed onto the, you know, into the fucking Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Ocean, Where was you know, the budget for that? Fuck. I, I mean, we got, we got some fucking dope helicopter action in uh, Black Widow. With our man uh, Hopper, why can't we get it? And I, I think the, I think the budget just got too bloated with the music. <laughs> it was just, oh yeah, yeah the, the, the master of puppets put put him over the uh, that I cannot imagine that's a cheap song to license. So that probably put him over the edge. No, and especially because they did a lot longer than a twenty second chunk, which is usually the norm for uh, TV shows to just get get that twenty second piece that's really cheap before we go over right, the, right. the twenty second mark and it triples in price. Right, right. Well, I'm sure Kate, like the Kate Bush song was, but you know, I, like at the same time, that wasn't a song that was like blowing up the charts before that show. So they probably got it at a oh, good yeah. rate. I'm sure they looked for it like, hey, what's the, what's the, what's a hit song from the time period this to- show's taking place? <laughs> it's like place 50K to- for, for right. you know. It's the cheapest fucking song we can get that's still right. like, you know was a chart topper at one point that's you know that's the one thing that kind of makes me nuts about songs like the, the, the insane fees that the people charge for for using their music and stuff is like it, and this happens a lot in like pro wrestling because a lot of like their entrance music they'll use like like the really big stars who they you know want to spend money on will like use licensed music you know cult of personality and shit like that wild thing by uh x the band x uh but yeah, cult of personality wasn't supposed to be an instruction manual though that was that was <laughs> what's the, an ironic so it's it, it's ironic to who comes out to it but um this this one guy uh really you know good famous wrestler used to come out on the independent scene to uh the final countdown by europe apparently they wanted fifty thousand dollars every time he, he you played the song so like literally every time you'd come out and leave they'd fucking owe europe fifty thousand dollars which i'm like yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. Like nobody's gonna pay that. Like sell it a hundred thousand dollars in perpetuity. You know how much money you're gonna make in streaming when people like it's, any anytime right. things like gets played on TV or whatever, people remember like, oh yeah, I love that song, and it always now shoots up to you know number one on iTunes, and you get all that fucking money. So it's always I think it's short sighted, but 
Oh, it's crazy. So you know how we there was the the British office that Ricky Jarvis created. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then we had the U.S. office. Well, there's in six other countries in different languages they had their own version of the office. Oh shit, really? And every single time, even in just a rerun of any of those episodes plays anywhere, Ricky Jarvis gets like somewhere between thirty five thousand to fifty thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! So like it, literally, like he's getting. You know, hundreds, you know, $50,000 times like, uh, I don't know, 150, 200. How, how many cable networks are there around the world? That right. Re- don't, he gets that every fucking day. Every fucking time it plays anywhere. He's it's, it's insane. So like when he jokes about like being a billionaire and not giving a fuck what anybody thinks, like he literally means it. He's just fucking <laughs> it's just like, and again, he's just, like I'm just getting money constantly, constantly, constantly. How, how you could be so rich like him, J.K. Rowling, and just use that money to like publicly just be a bigot. And like for no reason, you could just literally never say anything and just shut up and live in your fucking mega mansion with this like amazing lifestyle but you choose to be like yeah i think i want to be hated by like a good chunk of the country for just being a fucking prick right because i can't keep my <laughs> mouth shut like it's a it's yeah. an amazing fucking weird rich guy thing you know like it's just rich people are fucking bizarre i, I don't oh, understand the, the eccentricities of rich people i did a little blurb from about trump here i wanted to, to get to because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I read about Trump that I'm just like, there's no way that's true. And then I read other things. I'm like, yeah, that's probably exactly exactly right. <laughs> I, right. I've stopped being like, oh, I don't think that's true because I've heard so many. Like I was telling you the other day about that fucking insane thing about how like he used to he had like a paper route as a kid because his dad wanted him to like learn how to work, you know, what it was like to work for a living. And he used to just have like their their limo driver chauffeur him around when it was like <laughs> drizzling out because he didn't want to get his hair wet or whatever <laughs> and he would throw the papers out the back of the fucking limb i like oh it's just God. i don't think you're quite getting the spirit of this but uh yeah you know it's i know i know it's just it's like <laughs> rich people are fucking insane it's, it's insane it's insane and it, I, I was telling you this week that uh you know back in the late 80s uh, they said there was too much crime in Baltimore to ever have like a professional bike tour mm. there, like like competitive professional bike tour. So Trump was like, I'll do it. I'll fucking put up the money. I'll organize right. that shit. And they literally called it the, the Tour de Trump. <laughs> and it ran for like four years until he got bored of it and then it just fell apart. But it's just, it's like, I showed you the picture from it where he's like holding up the fucking bike over his head. <laughs> right. Never, never. <laughs> the man that's clearly never held a bike in his life. <laughs> no, he just did it because he was a rich guy and he knew he could put his name on it and right. no, nobody else would do it. And he's like, oh, I'll do it. Because he's like got that weird thing where he's like tapped into white supremacy, but he's not actually racist. You know, he just knows that you can convince people that are to do whatever he wants. Um, it, but you know what? It's a it's a weird thing with rich people because the one thing they they can never buy with all of their money is legitimacy and 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 having people like them. So that's that's always been like people who grow up rich like that. It seems like their pursuit is always like. I want to be taken seriously. I want to be a legitimate person. I want to run a legitimate business that's considered a success. And typically they're fucking morons because they've never encountered real people and don't understand how the real world right. functions. So I'll, I'll just hire like a hundred fucking lawyers they're and incapable, a, accountants right. to do it all for me right. and still fail at right. half the time. And then what was it? Like Trump's CFO just got fucking just like admitted to like a shitload of felonies. <laughs> right. Of yeah, it's, just, it's like, yeah, what's, what's, what's to be surprised by? So I saw this, this is an example of like shit that like just the, the liberal brain of just trying to make up is like as many fucking fanciful things on their own as they can about Trump. This woman's tweet. Here is my theory. He had Ivana killed. 
He had her cremated to hide the evidence. <laughs> he then used her coffin to transport documents from New York City to New Jersey just in time for the golf tournament. The documents <laughs> were then moved from inside the, the coffin in Bedminster and passed to the Saudis. Oh God! Like, it, there's always got to be some like, racist like racism fucking, thrown in at the end. That's the, it's like that's... some like wacky Mad Libs of like all the different <laughs> fucking conspiracy theories you can throw together. So, um, so this this is this is an example of like shit that I absolutely fucking believe is the case. Uh, and it's like, why would he? Why would he take these fucking documents to his house that the right. FBI was looking for? And like, you know, it's got to be some like just completely stupid petty shit. Of course. So this is from the New York Times. Another Trump mystery. Why did he resist returning the government's documents? So the, the, whoever wrote this, I don't know who name have a name here, but they, they editorialize a little bit. But it's, it's for effect here. Uh, Trump, a pack rat who for decades <laughs> showed off knickknacks in his overstuffed Trump Tower office, including a giant shoe that once belonged to basketball player Shaquille O'Neal treated the nation's <laughs> secrets as similar trinkets to brandish uh-huh. White House aides described how excited he was to show off all of the material he had access to including letters from North Korea North Korean leader Kim Jong-un which he routinely waved at visitors alarming his advisors <laughs> some of those letters were among the trove that Trump had with him at Mar-a-Lago the former president uh, former president's thrills over the intelligence started early. In May 2017, Trump blurted out classified intelligence provided by Israel during a meeting with two high-level <laughs> Russian government officials, horrifying his national security team. <laughs> two years later, when his intelligence briefer showed him a sophisticated and sensitive photo of a failed Iranian rocket launch, Trump was gleeful, quoting, uh, quote, I want to tweet this, he told the CIA director, <laughs> the national security advisor, and the director of national intelligence, according to a person with direct knowledge of the event. Officials tried to stop him, but Trump went ahead and shared the photo <laughs> with what were then his 63 million Twitter followers. <laughs> it's just the fucking comedy of it all. It's just, it's, it's just <laughs> that's why, like, I laugh when I hear these, like, these, oh, well, he was just keeping them to sell them to Russian intelligence because he's a Russian asset. No, no, he's he a think, fucking moron. He, he just he thinks, thinks that everything cool. is his. He just thinks that like everything he had as president is like physically his. Like, right. like the White House, like physically is his. You know, he owns it, right? and then he wants back in. And he doesn't understand why the whole thing. Right, in. right. You know, and this is this is why it would be fucking hilarious to have him be the president again because it would it would blow. It would just make so many liberals fucking brains bleed, which I would find absolutely hysterical. Uh, and also just because it would be, you know, once again, they learned nothing from the last time uh, about running somebody competent and likable. Oh, they, they made they made it the, the situation, the conditions completely perfect for him to win again. Because again, <laughs> they elected somebody who was going to do everything they could to do the least amount possible and let as many things corrode around them so that we once again are in the situation where the country is so desperate yeah. that they, they'd elect somebody like Trump. God. Wouldn't you just love to vote for him just to just to fucking just to get that dark MAGA energy back? <laughs> no, I, see, I would. I could never. First of all, I, I don't think I'm ever going to. I don't, I don't want to say ever again, but I can't see myself ever voting in a presidential election. Given the current landscape, I can't I can't imagine even. No, no I, would, I would never do that. I would expanding do that. the energy to fucking like to go somewhere to fucking vote for any of the fucking putzes that that actually get put up for the but, office. I mean, do, you, but, do you remember how how it felt though on election night 
in fucking 2016 to, was, to see Hillary Clinton fucking lose. Just, just, oh God, it the, felt the, so the, fucking no, the, good. And like the best part about that though was, was hearing that she like threw a fucking tantrum and was like breaking things in her hotel room. And like they, they called in fucking Robbie Mook and called him like a little fucking putz or whatever. Like that was, that was to me the highlight of it. I get, you know, I, I, I was still at the time was like, eh, you know, I was like worried about Trump and worried he would break things. But again, I don't think I could fundamentally have understood how broke, like we're in a situation where you can't really break like there's only we're already in fucking pieces like there's nothing else you could do at this point like it's a fuck the, the fucking the glass is broken like it fell off the counter it's broken you're not gonna make it any worse like you can you, you can, remember you how many times they said that he was gonna start world foot, war three right how many how many he's gonna start a, he's gonna start world war three he's gonna start a bigger war it's like literally ended the longest war in u.s history which was with north korea where we killed five million people no dude, signed to fuck it went there and signed the closest, a fucking peace treaty uh negotiated or getting us out of fucking Afghanistan, you know, right, with Biden's a fucking, with a fascist ignored. secretary of state, no less <laughs> fucking Pompeo. Well, if anybody it, wanted to start world war three, it was him. Right. But, and, and that was like, and yeah, no, the, the, the person that brought us closest to world war three was fucking Nancy Pelosi. Like, but just blatantly disregarding, you know, fucking decades of foreign policy to just be like, nah, I think I want to fucking pump my husband's, you know, microchip, microcomputer <laughs> fucking stocks so i'll risk world war three with you know the the biggest fucking country in the world well uh, and, and every single article i've seen since she pulled that little stunt has been about how you know china's ramped up all this aggression and people in taiwan are fearing for their lives that they're you know china's going to invade and occupy them and again it's like that would be like america invading and occupying wyoming Right, like it's part of the fucking country. <laughs> it's the which fucking... would be pretty easy because there's nobody there, so that would actually go <laughs> yeah. go real smooth yeah. if we wanted to. But again, it's like, what do you, what the fuck like, are you what, doing? Like, like I'm what, gonna what, occupy my living room. I'm gonna make sure that I occupy my living room. And... How? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, how how can a country invade one of its own states? Right. Yeah. It's like you, but but that's again, it's like pretending in our Western media that Taiwan is somehow a separate country. Look, we that they are already independent is is at the forefront of trying to demonize China for, you know, like, could you, could you imagine if, you know, like we, we talked about this last week. I don't have to rehash it. Well, and, it, but, and it's not a huge lift for, for us because, I mean, we've literally pretended that people are presidents of countries that they never even ran for president. And so, again, we have no <laughs> we have no problem just being like, yeah, no, we think this is true because we live in a fairy tale world where everything is is deferential to the west right. and to the CIA and if it's Remember not when that little that little fucking gusano was like standing outside the airport pretending that he he'd like taken it over with you know I don't know <laughs> right. like a, a couple dozen guys with machetes or something I don't know like they, like there was that footage where he's outside the airport saying that uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the coup had been successful or, you know, whatever you said it was. I remember that. I like distinctly remember him standing. Oh yeah. Near an airport saying, Look, that been looking like over. he was just like flop sweat everywhere. Just looking so terrified <laughs> and petrified. Like, Oh my God, I'm so close to being killed. Like any minute now, like, Oh my God. And it's so great too. Like that video that came out like a month or so ago of him trying to go to a restaurant and everyone in the restaurant throwing chairs at him and shit. It's like, he's still oh, yeah, never going to be able to fucking, like, go anywhere literally dragging him out by his fucking shirt that was amazing yeah that was that was You're, great and motherfuckers lucky they stopped at that i mean you know try that yeah shit you know here. i i you know i don't want to see anyone fucking hurt obviously like as somebody was asking me about that um july 17 uh 
battle in Grant Park, and uh, I was like, right. I remembered that I had that video of the cop getting head with getting hit in the head with a fucking can of Lacroix, and it like legit knocked him out, and he fucking falls on the ground. And I and I watch it, and I'm still just like, oh god, he's like, it's, <laughs> but you're also a fucking cop, so yeah. Just, I don't. I I have a weird. I don't know. I I have a weird disconnect with that. Maybe it's just because I grew up watching like Jackass and things like that, where I when I see the things like that, my immediate like visceral reaction is to laugh. Uh, but th- but then sometimes like depending on who it is, yeah. I'd be like, oh man, I hope they're okay. But then when it's a cop, you're like, ah, that's well. Yeah, I mean, know. people were just launching them into the air, and wherever they fell was kind of just wherever they fell, right? So you know, they the the point was to get the police to retreat, and after he got knocked out, they did retreat, so it did the job, <laughs> right? But you know, I almost got hit by one of those fucking cans too, and and then later, three cops fucking assaulted me and fucking slammed me on the ground, and tried kicking the shit out of me. So like, I yeah, to, <laughs> I can, look, I can handle this. I went to music festivals in the early two thousands. I've had plenty of. I've, I've dodged plenty of projectiles. I've dodged plenty of bottles. Of you know, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing I had thing going for scene. me was that all three cops' eyes had gotten pepper sprayed by other cops, so they couldn't fucking <laughs> they couldn't see me that well. Right. So they couldn't really like you know all they could really do was fucking shove me and knock me down, and that was about it. But um, yeah. But so I was I was just like revisiting that tweet, watching it last night, and 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 the person who made an animated gif of it. <laughs> Of just the moment of the fucking impact. Right. Oh, God, it's so good. I'm sure that cop's fucking fine now, beating his wife anyway. So whatever. Right. I'll, no, I'll laugh at it. He immediately, immediately took it out on his wife when he went home. <laughs> yeah, okay. sure, you know? Complete transference of anger. Poor woman. But, uh, you know, just, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it just just goofy as hell. But uh, n- nothing. <laughs> we come to expect nothing less. And when you said that, I was like, yeah, I immediately <laughs> believe that that's the reason. And that's. A much more plausible answer than oh well he's an asset for the saudis or for russia or for what it's like he doesn't give a shit he just he's a fucking moron he's just a he just wants to be take he just wants to be seen as legitimate and no matter what he does he'll never be seen as legitimate in some circles because well, he doesn't deserve <laughs> to be but i love that they like the liberals were saying oh he took the nuclear codes home with him and it's like you know they they scramble those and change them <laughs> right. every single day right like there are different codes every it's fucking like, day we have you like, can't take you can't take nuclear codes home from years ago and think that like oh i'm gonna break back into the fucking right, norad and launch <laughs> it's not like oh it's an old nuclear code but it checks out like we'll go ahead you know, <laughs> like, fucking. <laughs> preposterous and we have we, we fucking changed like at my work we have like door codes to get in and anytime someone's fired or like leaves you know whatever in bad circumstances they'll change the door code I'm like, yeah, that the person's not going to be right. able to come back with a fucking right. old door code. And be well, like, I love in Star Wars how like they don't even bother with that anymore. Like that you can just fly into the fucking enemy hangar and just like go about your business now. Like this, <laughs> right? They Eventually, really they'll come that, and find you. Be like, oh shit, yeah. stormtrooper will like run. They after realized you, but... it was so contrived that like they could never really do that scene plausibly again. So now right. it's just like fly in, fly out, and maybe have a costume. But we'll you know, just we'll, I, we'll put two people in a tr- big trench coat and sneak past, and no one's going to notice. But, but again, think about how many times i you know it's almost you can almost kind of believe it now in in today's society because think about how many times you go to log into like your gmail or something you don't ever have to log into like and you're just like oh fuck wait what is the password i have no idea like oh i think this is the old password and that's like ah close enough just here recover make a new one sort of thing right like so i i could i could almost see that like being a real thing now but Oh fuck! Well, um, where the thing with the fucking passwords drives me crazy because, like, I, I had to when I um, I worked at the call center for uh, a website for a very large retailer, 
And like half the calls were just people couldn't get into their fucking right. Couldn't remember their password, couldn't get into the account, or they'd made like six different accounts and logged into the wrong one and calling and freaking out. Like you, it was, it was basically for, um, it was like a photography, you know, back when people still printed off photos, photo labs. Right. Right. And uh, it was for a large retailer and people would call in and be like, you erased all my baby's photos and now she's dead. And you <laughs> oh, have, oh, owe God. me money. And I'm the-. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to walk you through this. How many, what was, what, what was your account? Like I would just basically go and I would figure out like they had six different accounts right. and only one had photos in it and all the others were blank and they logged into the wrong one. And I would just, I'd be like, you know, once I could tell who it was, you know, whatever information it was that, you know, I'd just be like, Hey, this is your password. Here it is. (laughs) Like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Like no, no, no fucking thanks. You know, it was crazy. But yeah, again, it's like, they'll, they'll say, well, you have to change your password, but you can't change it to a a password. It used to be. It's like, that's the reason I can't fucking remember it. Right. Motherfucker. I, there's limited space in this brain for, for for new information. (laughs) What do you think you're doing? Oh, if I could just get, let me use the same fucking password, I won't have to bother you to find out what, how to change it. You stupid fucking right. Yeah. I mean, I have like I have one really complicated password for like my bank, and then all of my other passwords are like the simplest fucking thing possible. Right? <laughs> no, really. I mean, no. And it's just like, yeah, great. Enjoy access to my fucking Netflix account if you can hack my super simple password. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but well, I tell you, the worst was being at State Department because they would automatically uh, like erase our passwords Ugh. every six months, and then we would ha- literally have to call a- an office in Washington D.C. to have them fix it. And they would say, "Well, what, what, you know, why, you know, why don't you have access to this laptop?" anymore and i'm like i'm not a field agent i'm working at the call center and passport services <laughs> uh and they, like they would act like it was our fault right. right and it was just like a total bureaucracy thing but like literally it was like you had to have you know eight different passwords to operate a government computer and they're constantly changing and you've got two different key cards to get in one to get into the building one to get into the room and then one just to use the computer so like literally just like tracking every single little thing you do and you have to have like eight different passwords and, and you're not allowed to have them written down anywhere either because there might be spies. <laughs> right? So it's just, it's like, Oh my God, this is so fucking annoying. Such a, just a huge waste of productivity. Cause you know, anytime you had to call DC, you, you know, that was time you couldn't be working. You're getting right. paid just to stand there with somebody who, you know, is also, I'm sure you didn't un- get through right away. No, no. It was like some weird internal line at the, you know, state department headquarters, wherever the fuck it is. Right. Uh, and yeah, it was just, just total, total fucking stupid. Thing. Right. You're not but, calling up Jeff at the fucking state, you know, at the state department. You have to like wait and fucking. You know, yeah. Get an yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that was fun. But you know, that's the, again, it's like the government will, you know, insist on also like all government computers have to be fucking Microsoft based and like force you to use like the oldest, most archaic web browser so that they can spy on you and you can't spy on them. Right. And which is also the easiest fucking system to hack into. Like, you know, they, they, it's just so short sighted, but oh, yeah, know, I'm sure yeah. if they used well, a Mac, they would have much better, you know. So the reason they had all this bullshit was because, um, years prior, somebody had used the website, um, or not the website, the <clears throat> data, pardon me, the database to just like just start looking up the addresses of celebrities, right? And, and like started selling that information. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like now you can just kind of Google that shit, like, it, there's, there's enough, like public info with like 
you know home transfers and things like that that if you mm. if you're like sleuthy enough you can kind of figure out where, it, where it, most people it live. depends it depends because you know they have those like hollywood you know tours of right. people's homes but like they don't necessarily want all their addresses publicized sure um, right and, you know you can't know you don't know every you know yeah. fucking or, or somebody who's like a like political figure right and they have gotten death threats or whatever like sometimes they have to you know create like an llc uh under a you know like someone else's name sure. in order to purchase a house so that it's not you know ever in their own name i know i like anna casperian for tyt's talked about having to do that to like keep her address private but uh, yeah so people were just like looking up celebrity addresses and fucking selling them from, from my imagine, office i don't know if it's my office seeking her out and fucking trying to have a conversation with her in person. oh my god yeah i just be like oh so i don't talk to you but no i'm sure but you know any 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 female like celebrity i'm sure there's a bunch of fucking creeps who would love to you know right be right, creepy yeah but well supposedly anytime you access the the database i mean it's it's like they training this into your head like by law you can't open up anyone's files unless you've confirmed their name, their social, date of birth, mother. Like you, you got to go through like this huge right. fucking list of shit. And I would uh, people would always like try to call in for somebody else and would try to like trick me, <laughs> <laughs> or it would be something like the you know parents applied for their kid's passport when they were seventeen, but now they're eighteen and the parents are calling in because the kid's lazy and won't call in about the passport. And they're like, well, he was, you know, he was, he was a minor when he applied for it. Like, but he's not now. So guess what? <laughs> I can't help you. Uh, or it would be like a secretary would call in and, and be like, uh, yeah, I'm calling in. Well, an administrative assistant. Uh, I'm calling in. This is uh, Brianne. And, you know, I look at the date of birth and it's like 1951. Like, <laughs> right. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sound like you're, uh, doesn't, doesn't sound like somebody in their mid-20s. I'm like, is is this? Are you calling for somebody named Brian? She's like, yes. <laughs> so, I was like, nice try, secretary, but you uh, didn't get past me that time. So preposterous. Well, yeah. So I guess before we get out of here, we wanted to talk about the CIA briefly, uh, since we're on the subject of you know spying on Americans. Um, yeah. So yeah. so we had a, we had a clip we wanted to play. It was, it's actually an older clip, but. It's just, it's just fucking hilarious, like, the way that, that you know, all of these just, atro- and, and this, you know, really, I think, dovetails with the Liz Cheney thing, where it's just so easy, because, you know, fucking liberals are such uh, baby brain simpletons to trick them just by using some buzzwords that they like into being like, oh, this is totally the person that I want to support, uh, you know, despite the fact that they're, you know, fuck, like, I- I'm convinced at this point if O.J. Simpson came out with a fucking commercial talking about you know, uh, like using some fucking like buzzwords, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, maybe not so bad." <laughs> like, sure, he fucking hacked up his wife and her and her and friend, he cut off two people's heads, <laughs> but he loved his country, right? Right, and he doesn't misgender anybody, so you know, he's 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 okay in my book. Like, that's 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 the level like of of fucking discourse that we're OJ Simpson supports gay troops. Okay, so <laughs> welcome to the resistance, Jesus. Right, right. Ugh. Oh my god! Uh, so yes, I, I, I want to play this clip because it's a fucking hilarious recruitment ad that that we 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 came across. When I was seventeen, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's "How It Feels to Be Colored Me" in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, "I am not tragically colored. 
There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. <laughs> uh, what was? I oh, love the little God. diss on Valley Girls there. Like, what was? Uh, I don't. My re- sentences do not go up at the end of my. Uh, my inflection doesn't go up at the end of the sentence implying that I've asked a question. I'm like, are you sure you didn't ask a question? <laughs> just yeah, imagine. I mean, he, I mean, this is literally like just just substitute CIA for SS. Like, just imagine. I, I did not rise up the ranks of the SS, you know, because of some affirmative action or because of my like. I worked hard to get. Like, is this is literally like almost the equivalent of what's happening? My parents here. had to flee Stalin to become the fucking the, <laughs> the Holocaust guards that they are today. It's just it's just fucking unbelievable that anyone would listen to that and their brain would get past the first mention of the CIA and not be like, oh, <laughs> okay, I see what's going on here. But this that is, shit I mean, still works on people. That's that's the fucking Hillary Clinton voter. That's the K-Hub right there. They find that shit aspirational. That, that you know, un- unlike what she's actually trying to say, it does check off all the boxes. Their brains need to be like, hire more women prison guards. Right. I mean, it's literally, I mean, they're fucking... You know, their 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 fucking idol, Kamala Harris, who nobody else likes except these fucking psychotic weirdos that are, you know, massive fans of hers. Uh, anyone else sees her and, and like immediately is like, oh, she's a fucking psychopath. Like, I want nothing to do with this fucking bloodthirsty, you know, maniac. But um, less 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 popular than Joe Biden. Less popular than even Joe Biden. Right, right. Maybe the most even... unpopular president in modern U.S. history is somehow less popular than him. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's we, just... we, we've we've talked about her forever, but I wanted to um, read a little bit from this article by Alan McLeod for uh, Mint Press uh, because this was some stuff that I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you get that you get that like creepy vibe from Facebook, 
right? And you see like this this stuff like like they were basically allowing uh like anti-Russian hate speech and sure. you know oh, yeah, violating you know that we're gonna we're gonna let them you know people post about uh you know murdering Russians uh for a little while in violation of our own terms of service just because you know Ukraine right so and you see that kind of stuff and you're like who who is who's really you know steering that ship making those decisions you know who who's doing the the fact checking uh you know that they they claim now is so important to stop the spread of um quote unquote fake news and false information uh turns out it's uh it's our friends at the cia <laughs> and the Atlantic council so this is the, this is um uh, I'm going to read a little bit here. Uh, most of fact-checking organizations Facebook uses in Ukraine are directly funded by Washington. I mean, their fact-checkers aren't literally in Ukraine, but it's about Ukraine. So, uh, in light of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, an information war is uh, as bitter as the ground fighting. I would argue maybe not quite as bitter, but <laughs> right. as erupted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Meta... Facebook's official name announced that it had partnered with nine different organizations to help it sort fact from friction, fr- friction, fact from fiction <laughs> on Ukraine, Russia, and other Eastern European nations. These nine or- organizations are Stop Fake, Vox Check, Fact Check Georgia, uh, I guess they're based out of Georgia, uh, Demagogue, Myth Detector, Lead Stories, Pat Krintka. 15 minute it's just or 15 min i guess that's the name of the company uh re baltica and delphi uh the problem with this at least five of these nine organizations are directly in the pay of the united states government a major belligerent in the conflict the uh the pointner institute is also funded by the ned furthermore many of the other i didn't miss the part where i explained what the ned was fuck all right. So, uh, furthermore, many of these other fact-checking organizations also have deep connections with other NATO powers, including direct funding. Uh, perhaps most well-known is notorious of nine groups is Stopfake, established in 2014. Stopfake is funded by uh, NATO's Atlantic Council, <laughs> by the British Foreign and Commonwealth Office, the British Embassy in Ukraine, and the Czech Foreign Ministry. It has also received money from the U.S. Uh, via the National Endowment for Democracy. That's what the NED is. There you go. Uh, although that fact is far uh, from trumpeted by either party. According to some, one of Stopfake's many functions appears to be uh, promoting the far right. <laughs> a long expose by Lev uh, Golinkin in The Nation cataloged what it called Stopfake's history of, quote, aggressively whitewashing two Ukrainian neo-Nazi groups with a long track record for violence, including war crimes. Shirley Stopfake's most famous former host is Nina Jankowitz. Jankowitz was briefly head of the, uh, President Biden's President Biden's newly formed disinformation government's board before public uproar caused her to resign. Dubbed the Ministry of Truth, both the board and Jankowitz generated strong opposition. Yet few mention the fact that while at Stopfake, Jankowitz herself had on camera enthusiastically extolled the virtues of multiple fascist paramilitaries. In February, Facebook announced that it was changing its rules on hate speech to allow praise and promotion of the Azov Battalion. Was this on <laughs> Stopfake's recommendation? Mint Press asked Meta Facebook for a comment on the fact checking uh, on their fact checking partners' ties to far right groups, and if Stopfake had influenced their decision to allow pro Nazi content on their platform. But we did not receive a reply. 
As Gonklin noticed in his article, The Nation, Stop Fake has also defended C-14, another fascist military. You can imagine what the 14 stands for in that one. Describing it merely as a community organization. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Citing C-14's own denial of its pogroms against Roma people as evidence of its own innocence. This designation clashes with even the U.S. State Department, which classifies C-14 as a nationalist hate group. The 14 in the name refers to the 14 words white supremacist slogan. Why, uh, why, hang on, why receiving funding from the National Endowment for Democracy should immediately raise suspicion of any organization is because the NED was explicitly established by the Reagan administration as a front group for the Central Intelligence Agency. Although it is funded by Washington staff by state officials, it is technically a private company and therefore not subject to the same legal regulations and public scrutiny as state institutions. Uh, In their more candid moments, NED leaders are explicit about the organization's role. Quote, it would be terrible for Democratic groups around the world to be seen as subsidized by the CIA. Carl Gershman, NED president from 84 to 2001, said, explaining why his organization was set up. NED co-founder Alan Weissman agreed, quote, a lot of what we do today was done covertly 25 years ago by the CIA, he told the Washington Post. VoxCheck, uh, that that Vox, VoxCheck receives substantial monetary assistance from the U.S. government through both the NED and the U.S. Embassy. It was funded by the Dutch and German, oh, I guess not that Vox, <laughs> so different Vox, but just also shitty. Uh, it is also f- funded, or maybe they are... Oh, it's also funded by the Dutch and German governments. Incomplete NED records show Vox Check received substantial yearly grants and has accepted over $250,000 in total. That sort of money to, goes an extremely long way in Ukraine, which is by some way, the, which is by quite some way the poorest nation in Europe. The country's GNI per capita of $3,500 per year is well below that of even Russia, which stands at $10,700. Uh, one $15,000 NED grant given to a Ukrainian media foundation, for instance, was enough to pay for over 100 articles to be written. Uh, despite its funding, last paragraph, Western media portray VoxCheck extremely positively. The Washington Post, for example, describes them as a, quote, small group of independent fact checkers. In common parlance, the word independent is usually referred for any media group not owned or funded by governments. And that is only the only type, uh, and that is not the only uh type of, of dependence but even at this extremely low bar vox check fails <laughs> so yeah the, the independent fact checkers just means that they're getting paid money by the government right they're, they're just government contractors right right and who gets the money the people that check the facts the government wants checked and give the right answers to keep that money coming and we I mean we highlighted all throughout the 2020 presidential campaign the preposterous fact checking that like Politifact would do on Bernie Sanders and it would just be the most like insanely fucking like go around your ass to get to your elbow explanation to try to be like well you know mixed or mostly true right. or so- has somewhat Bernie, true has Bernie Sanders murdered a baby this year well not this year <laughs> well we don't know i mean we can't say for sure that he hasn't so we're gonna say uh unsubstantiated for now right <laughs> but, but you know needs more info um but yeah it, it, it's just fucking preposterous it's so obviously written and and you know we we saw that all those the, the preposterous ones you know about like just obvious conspiracy theories that are fucking true like just you know, it, it just complete fuck it, like about anything that the CIA was involved in because there wasn't actual like the CIA officially announced like, yes, no, we 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 fucking did that coup. That was us like 
well, you know, need to, you know, unsubstantiated claims. Like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I, I haven't, I haven't read the whole book, but there was a circulating around recently, not recently, it was like a year ago or so. It was just like one page from a Michael Parenti book from the eighties. I don't know if it was black shirts and red or what, whatever it was. It was just one page of his book. And he listed off like almost 150 different media partners at the CIA <laughs> that like where they had actual CIA operatives like on the boards of these newspapers. I don't like, believe it was black shirts and reds because I read that fairly recently and that was yeah. more so about communism and and like you know Hitler and things like that you know communism fascism but it very well could have been <laughs> but yeah I mean it's just you know it, it's preposterous the amount of like if we truly knew how many fucking assets they have working in media and probably names that would surprise us it would it would just it's just it, it's it's just a fucking well, joke they're, they're clearly trying to move into an arena where they can be open and public about what they do and it'd be you know have it be seen as virtuous because the you know the the, the clandestine coups aren't working anymore right, right? They, they're clearly like on a long-term rebranding campaign and you know trying trying to get uh, you know, Pentagon approved scripts into Hollywood, you know, that only goes so far before people are like, ah, you're, yeah, no. This right. Is- <laughs> well, when you start to see think piece articles about it, you're like, oh, they've even lost the kind of like fucking fluffy, you know, non-substantial, non-substantial like infotainment sites. Like even they're like, man, this is really uh military propaganda. This is, this is like when you start seeing those, those sites. Oh, yeah, what like, was that movie that just them? came out? The, uh, oh, Purple, Purple Hearts. Purple Hearts. Purple Hearts. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) just a complete like war crime apology, like just total. I don't even. Yeah. It's like a romance movie set with like, I I forget the, well, let me see if I can actually pull up the synopsis because it was, it was really funny. Um, Let's see. Purple hearts. So it came out this year. It is a Netflix movie. Uh, (laughs) Some great headlines. Netflix's purple hearts uses diabetic uh, diabetes insulin rashing for military propaganda. Um, (laughs) Netflix purple hearts, a backlash to the controversial film explained Netflix's purple. And this is from the daily beast. Netflix's purple hearts is horrific uh, military propaganda. And one of the year's worst. Um, (laughs) I don't even remember this much backlash when, uh, what was that? The, the fucking sniper movie with uh, Americans. That's because Bradley Cooper was in it. It had a nice, pretty face to, to, soothe all the obvious fucking propaganda of, of a fucking Clint Eastwood directed right-wing yeah. shitbag fucking movie about a, a guy who bragged about murder. murdering children, a guy who bragged about killing literal children. Right. Yeah. So, so it, it, literally I, I, when I saw this, I was just like, I reminded me of this fucking quote from this comedian. I don't have his name, but he it's, it's circulated a bit. Uh, he said, not only will America go to your country and kill all your people, but what's worse, I think, is that they'll come back 20 years later and make a movie about how killing your people made their soldiers feel sad. <laughs> well, OK, so th- this is a great example. Here's the synopsis from Netflix, from uh, IMDb. Uh, in spite of their many differences, Cassie, a, strung- a struggling singer songwriter and Luke, a troubled Marine, agree to marry solely for military benefits. But when tragedy strikes, the line between real and pretend begins to blur. tragedy for who the the fucking people they killed the the country they invaded no i'm sure it's just like he he was sad because he'd lost his job or some some fucking thing that that this poor man who killed a bunch of brown people for no reason is probably sad about yeah 
I saw something hilarious yesterday on Facebook, and it was a a, a single panel from a comic book from I'm, I'm guessing the you know mid to late 1960s, and uh, the sort of like the narrator caption at the top says it's, it's there's like a white guy and he's handing out like machine guns to these uh, black men. Uh, who are of course like dressed like it's the 1800s, right? right. With like loincloths and tribal beads and shit, because uh, that's how you know most of Africa was in the 1960s, right? right. Uh, and uh, so the white guy's handing out these guns, and uh, the caption reads, uh, "His name is Sergei Plotsky. His job to stir up trouble amongst the natives in Africa to aid in the communist conspiracy." And he's he's talking to them, and he's saying, "Here are your, here are your weapons for you. Now you can fight the forces of law and order. Remember, if you start a native uprising, we comrades will help you." <laughs> I tweeted that I was like, uh, "This, but ironically, <laughs> just, oh, just like how how fucking blatant the fucking anti-communist propaganda was." No, back unbelievable. Then. <laughs> like, but. I- I'm yeah, just, I mean that's like oh, yeah. literally, but but I mean that was that was like what helped a lot of African nations uh, out from under colonialism was Soviets were helping them, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, again, you but know, they were just doing that because the they wanted guy. to spread communism across the world. Like, yeah, great, they wanted to spread their ideology of helping people yeah. without yeah, asking the for ideology in that you should be able to see a doctor <laughs> and that you know we shouldn't have apartheid. Yeah, right. that those those creepy guys. Right, they spread right <laughs> sneaky it, it's, you know, pinkos. It's 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 so disgusting that they try to spread their ideology by sending doctors to other countries. <laughs> Why don't they do it like us, where we spread our ideology? If we're not careful by sending fucking F 16s to bomb their villages. Like that's that's the way you spread your ideology. Yeah. If we don't stamp Unreal. this out right now, then fifty percent of our scientists might be women too. <laughs> Oh, man. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but anyone listening to this, please go to the Purple Hearts film Wikipedia page because it has the entire plot of the film and it's fucking preposterous. Like there's a a wheelchair and an emotional support animal and a trial and and, and it's fucking hilarious. It sounds like the worst movie. I I was saying the other day, like, I wish I wasn't so fucking busy with work because I would love to just have a separate review show for Patreon or something where we just watch these awful fucking movies like this or like god's not dead 2 or like any of these atrocious movies that comes out that gets like a wide release because it would just be so fun to do like a mystery science 3000 uh with with hang on on. yeah yeah no i gotta share something with you right now and and if you can play it it's fucking hilarious um it was like a like one of these right-wing straight-to-video movies Mm -hmm. right that somebody just made because they're like fucking mad at their ex-wife right yeah and it's it's called a father's rights, and it's oh like it, just just roll it if you can because it's yeah, fucking I'll hilarious. Just, I'll just slide it over the speaker because uh, I don't have time to rip it. But here, let's. All right. Standing by. <laughs> of course, now the internet decides not to. There we go. Mr. Ryder, let me assure you that my only interest is in the protection of your daughter, making sure that she's in the best. Turn up a little bit. That's the size it goes. No. I don't know. It's the first time I tried. Friends don't look at each other like you do. Even good friends. I love you. I've seen the way you look at other women. I'm tired of you treating second rate. That's a picture of my baby. It's a new boss I've never seen. It's 
So that's when you decided to go to court. I had no choice. Your Honor, I filed for this. Mr. Ryder, this is my courtroom, and I will decide who speaks first. You want to know what I want from you? Yes! It's not my little girl's fault that she was born out of wedlock. No contact with Miss Bailey or the child. I don't want anything from you! Whoever wrote this movie is the most divorced man in the history of divorced men. Seriously. Obviously, like this guy's grievance, like this most preposterously shrill shrew of a white, like screaming and beating the sky, and he just can't get the courts to like holding back his alcoholic rage at all times. (laughs) It's like, that that bitch left me, and I'm gonna fucking fucking I'm gonna blow up a judge's car. Yeah, if you couldn't hear the audio real well, just go to YouTube. It's just called a Father's Rights trailer and and watch it. It's fucking it like it looks as bad as it sounds, honestly. I can't believe this was committed to film. Like I every once in a while I'm like, oh man, like the movie I, you know, shot like at, after film school, like didn't really come out as as good as I wanted to. And then I see shit like this. I'm like, ah, you know, it wasn't so bad. Like it, you know, it could have been worse. Somebody's it. somebody spent the money to hire the actors and the fucking right. camera crew to like <laughs> actual money was spent on this. I fucking, you know. <laughs> yeah, like you know, yeah. five hundred bucks or whatever. It's like, oh um, man, Alex Jones just gave us fifty thousand dollars to fucking write, do his movie. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Well, oh god. On that note, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the day, um, night, whatever time it is. I'm fucking exhausted. Um, but if you want to support the show, uh, rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash/MoveLeft facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left uh i am on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter at bike slut d yeah we'll see you next week